0: Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. We're now streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Blueberry, SoundCloud, and at www.vhha.com. You can also hear episodes of the podcast each Saturday at 11 a.m. on WJFN 100.5 FM in the Richmond area. Please listen and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. You can also send questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at vhha.com. That is PCFpodcast at vhha.com. And with that covered, we are excited to be joined today by Richmond Mayor Lavar Stoney. Mayor Stoney has the distinction of being the youngest elected mayor in Richmond's history and he previously served as Secretary of the Commonwealth in the cabinet of former Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe, his impressive resume notwithstanding, and that includes his status as a fellow alumnus of James Madison University. Go Dukes! Go Dukes! Today we're going to chat with the mayor about his role in setting an agenda to improve the health and well-being of the residents of Virginia's capital city. So with that, welcome Mayor Stoney and thanks for being with us on the program. Hey, thank you, Joan, Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It is our pleasure. So to begin with, let's talk about your work to raise awareness regarding the Lead Safe and Healthy Homes Initiative in Richmond. These programs are focused on preventing illness and injury, particularly among children, as a result of exposure to things like lead-based paint in older homes. Childhood lead poisoning is one of the most preventable environmental diseases in young children, and yet statistics indicate that about half a million children in the U.S. have elevated lead levels in their blood. Raising the profile of this kind of preventative and precautionary program can be unglamorous work, but it is nevertheless essential. As the Chief Executive of Richmond, what is your outlook, Mayor Stoney, regarding your responsibility to set conditions to protect and safeguard constituents, both through big-picture efforts and through more targeted programs like Lead Safe and Healthy Homes and other things that you're working on?
1: Well, thank you, Julian, for highlighting the fact that this week that we are acknowledging Lead Poison Prevention Week, Uh, in the city of Richmond. Earlier this week, I was in South Barton Heights at a home of uh, Ms. Williams, and uh, she had a child, one of her her three sons, who uh, had high levels of lead in his blood and was able to report it to the Richmond City Health District. And working alongside a nonprofit named Project Homes, we were able to mitigate the hazard that was in her home, but also the home of many, many others as well. We had 35 homes last year in the city of Richmond, in which the program that is executed by Project Homes was able to mitigate the hazards. And believe it or not, we have not eradicated the hazardous lead that that poisons kids in, in homes throughout Richmond. Uh, 60% of our homes are in a more of old stock that was created before the years in 1970. So there's lead in the paint, lead in the dust, that unfortunately, Leads to lifelong effects of some of our children. We were able to test over a hundred children last year that were unfortunately high for lead levels in, in 2018. And uh, we're just trying to be as proactive as possible with programs uh, uh, that show cross collaboration between us and the nonprofit world with organizations like Project Home.
0: And I know you're also very active. You're you're involved in the Walk to End Alzheimer's initiative, and then also you've got some fitness-oriented goals through the city's Parks and Rec program. Can you talk a little bit about how that sets an example and sets an agenda for sort of healthy lifestyles for for people in Richmond and the people you serve?
1: Yes, I'm the chair of the Walk to End Alzheimer's with the Alzheimer's Association here locally in Central Virginia. You know, my grandmother suffered from the scourge of, uh, of Alzheimer's. Uh, she had Alzheimer's and dementia. She was the woman who sacrificed so much for me to live the life that I, I have today. But in her later years, in the winter of her life, she uh, faced uh, the challenges of, of Alzheimer's. And knowing my story, I, I was able to connect with the organization to start promoting the fact that you know there are a number of black and brown families who also have family members who are victimized by this terrible disease. So, whenever we can raise awareness about this disease, but also raise the dollars to actually help with research, would go a long way. I was able to also bring my friend Mike Robinson, who's a former NFL uh, star, fullback with the Seattle Seahawks, and uh, who lives right here locally. Uh, we were the partner with his organization, E2E, to bring in a, a new football program uh, that brings more kids to. to, to Football. They to learn about the uh, learn uh, in academics as well. Uh, we had a team that went all the way out to Los Angeles last year, and it was because of Mike Robinson's program. UTV, great to highlight that. And also, we wanted to focus on our children inside the classroom, making sure they're they're eating healthy foods. We won a grant from the U.S. Conference of Mayors and the uh, American Beverage Association for our work on. The, uh, fighting the childhood obesity, but also ensuring that they get nutritious meals inside the classroom as well. And I'm, I'm happy to see what schools are doing, bringing a chef in some of the classrooms or some of the schools to actually start making foods from scratch with our kids getting excited about eating healthy foods. We got a full holistic view on how we tackle health in the city. We were recognized by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation for our Cultural Health Prize because we know that it's just not one agency, one Sectors' responsibility, ensuring our our folks in this city have a a great, a high quality of life, but also get great health care, and we need everyone at the table, and that's what we're doing here in the city of Richmond.
0: And that's a good foreshadowing for something I want to talk to you about in a moment, which is some of the stuff that's going on with education in the city school system. But before we get to that, let's zoom out a little bit and go more big picture, Last year, after several years of trying, Virginia expanded Medicaid eligibility under the Affordable Care Act to help thousands of low-income Virginians gain health care coverage. This is an issue that you are quite familiar with because your former boss, Governor McAuliffe, spent all four years of his term fighting for coverage expansion, and you worked right alongside with him on that issue. And we're now at the one-year mark since enrollment for new coverage began on November 1st of 2018. So just about one year ago that happened. And as of now, more than 331,000 of the estimated 400,000 Virginians eligible for this coverage have gained it. In Richmond, more than 16,000 people have gained coverage as a supporter of this program. And as you think about those numbers, what is the feedback you're hearing from people in Richmond? What are the conditions on your ground you're seeing as it relates to how this new coverage is impacting and improving lives?
1: You know, it has been significant, Julian. As you said, 16,000 more people in our city now have access to care because of Medicaid expansion. and That could not have happened without people like Governor McCall, who for many, many years fought for the expansion, but the office feel carried out by uh, my good friend, Governor Ralph Northam, as well. I applaud them working so hard to ensure my residents have now access to, to health care and filling in the gap. And what folks don't recognize sometimes is that the people who needed this health care and who did not have access were those who were working class, people who uh, are similar to uh, folks like my father, who was a, uh, a high school janitor who just fell in that gap. And now that gap is filled with this access to care. I go and visit places like the Capital Area Health Network or the Health Brigade, and they, they glow about now the ability to deserve more because of this expansion. It is monumental, and we are quite grateful to the leadership of Governor Northam and Governor McCall.
0: As you know, Mayor Stoney, improving health and well-being involves both the body and the mind. And when it comes to the mind, one of the commitments you've made as mayor is to help lift up education in public schools in the city to give children a greater opportunity for our prosperous and productive futures. Knowing you as I do, this is a passion for you, partly because of your own personal background growing up without a lot of the advantages that some people enjoy. While there is more work to do to lift up Richmond schools, you recently received some positive news that more schools in the city are accredited than they were at this time last year. As you continue to work to make Richmond a healthier city for people young and old, what are some of the key policies you've pursued to make Richmonders more secure in the city?
1: Yeah, you know, education and healthcare are part of the recipe for us as a city to lift people up. I mean, Richmond has been known for. For too long, as a place of exclusion. We want to be the model for inclusion forward. And that means investing in our people, particularly those who have been marginalized in the past, those who have black and brown in our, in our city, or those who might be up, uh, facing the challenges of poverty. And that began sometimes in the classroom. And that's why over the course of the last few years as mayor of this great city, we have invested more than $24 million in new money in Richmond public schools. Particularly, I want to point to my investment recently, $18 million in the the, the fiscal year starting July 1, 2019. This will go inside the classroom, but what's even more significant will be the $19 million we've invested in uh, the capital improvements around the public schools, better HVAC units, which will lead to cleaner air within our schools, some of the maintenance fixes that are necessary for our kids to have a high quality of life within the halls. Of education. Uh, in addition to that, we're building three new schools in the city, of Richmond that were courtesy of uh, our fight towards bringing more dollars back in the 2018 by use of the meals tax, 1.5%. So you have three new schools, you have significant increases in the capital fund to fix some of our problems, and $24 million uh, in funding for the classroom over the course of the last few years. We're showing everyone that education is a priority for this city, and its
0: leaders. And it's really good and inspiring to have someone who has overcome challenging circumstances, someone who was on a reduced lunch program as a youngster, someone who can relate to those challenges and understands the real sort of difficult but important work of rolling up your sleeves and getting at some of those systemic challenges. So it's really good to hear. uh, Thank you, Julian. And can I just add
1: that this is personal to me. You're right. I was the first of my family to graduate from high school, first in my family to go to college, first in my family to graduate college. If it wasn't for public education, I wouldn't be here as the mayor of uh, the city of Richmond. And so I think that every child uh, in our community has uh, should have an opportunity to live in dreams, and I want them to fulfill those dreams right here in our city limits.
0: You mentioned uh, partnerships earlier, and I want to touch on that for a moment. Enhancing communities requires investment, dedication, and commitment from many stakeholders in both the public and the private sector. Among the ways that Virginia hospitals are pursuing that work is through initiatives focused on population health by targeting efforts focused on addressing social factors that can impact public health. Um, This can be educational attainment, socioeconomic factors, uh, access to to healthy foods, and and so many other conditions. And also through an initiative called the Hospital-Based Violence Intervention Program, which is aimed at helping victims of violent crime recover and lead healthy lives going forward. As you know, Mayor Stoney, two hospitals have actually invested resources in Richmond's East End, the VCU Health Hub at 25th, and the Bon Secours Center for Healthy Living, Sarah Garland Jones Center. Those facilities are focused on community well-being programs by offering health screenings, education, nutrition services, and more. As you continue to focus on the overall upliftment of the city and health care, which is a component of that, what observations do you have about how programs like the ones I mentioned are helping out in communities in Richmond that perhaps have been neglected in the past?
1: VCU Health, Bonds, of and HCA, including Lamar, are critical partners in our quest to ensure that every and all in our city receives a quality health care. What we can focus on is access to healthy food, access to healthy homes, Access to healthy activities and what I see in the East End through the expansion at the Children's hospital downtown or for clinics like the one in the Health Hub at the market on 25th, where East End residents finally have access to healthy foods as well. Or what we see with bonds Courses in the Sarah Garland Jones Center and the Health Hub in well. No, these are programs that help bridge the gap that our residents. Uh, or at at, at one point was in a place of suffering that we now are uh, allowing partners to educate our residents, but also lift our residents up. And we would not be able to do this alone. We need partners like VCU Health and Sponsor Courts and um, HCA at the table to ensure that this quality of life is maintained, not just in 2019 and 2020, but for years beyond.
0: After that serious discussion, we're going to close on a bit of a lighthearted note. Before we go, we'll ask you a question that we ask all of our guests on VHHA's Patients Come First podcast, and it's one that we borrow from a popular BBC program. And the question is this, Mayor Stoney. If you were (laughs) stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you want to take with you to keep yourself occupied? And we will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice, so other than your preferred religious text – what one book, one movie, and one album would you take with you? Oh, gosh. One book.
1: One book. Let's see. Uh, you know, one of my favorite books is uh, The Good Earth by Pearl S. Buck. I'd probably want to take that with me. My album would be uh, Anything Jay-Z. So, Jay-Z. the Black Album would be a good one.
0: Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Let's see, and what's the last one? Book, movie? album, and movie, yes. Movie. My favorite movie is The Five Artists.
1: <laughs> I would take that. I could watch it over and over again. I know the words by heart. If haven't uh, seen it, you, know, you to see it. It's a great classic. Uh, about a, an african American uh, music group that faces the challenges of sticking together while they rise through the uh, through the ranks of uh, uh, of motown
0: well i won't I won't spoil your ears with my rendition, but we all know that uh a heart is a house for love. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you I'm, are <laughs> and i absolutely correct. And I'm not going
1: to sing either, brother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, and I'm I'm with you on the Jay Z, although I would say early early catalog Jay Z. Uh, so. Pro, the black album is probably about my personal cutoff, um, but and I prefer some of the earlier stuff. The, okay. you know, in my lifetime, volume volume one and two, some of the earlier stuff. But I, I can. I know away.
1: you. I know you are the aficionado. So, I, I'm, uh, I'm
0: I'm also a little bit older than you, so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I always tell folks we did not graduate at the same
0: time. No, we did not. No, we did not. <laughs> well, listen, um, that is going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to listen and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and subscribe so that you will know when new episodes are released. And we want to once again thank our guest, Richmond Mayor Lavar Stoney, for making a few moments to be with us today. Thank you, sir.
1: Thank you.